for a very long time, I'm talking years, uh, we're getting upwards of like 400 requests to be on the podcast every single month. When you're at that type of volume where you have so many people wanting a spot, it becomes supply and demand, right? We don't have 400 spots a month. We only have 30, sometimes 28, 29, 30, 31, depending on the month. Um, and if we're getting that many requests, then that is an indication that this is a very well sought after spot. Um, perhaps there could be a monetary value put on it. The power of a podcast extends well beyond plugging in the mic. So if you're ready to learn how it can help you build a big business, then I'm your best friend. Hi, I'm Joanne Bolt, and I am obsessed with all things podcasting and creating an unapologetically big revenue business with it. From podcast guesting to podcast hosting and everything in between, we're going to dive into it all and show you step by awesome step how using a podcast can and will grow your business. So grab a glass of wine and pop your headphones on because girlfriend, happy hour has begun here on The Beat Word. Real quick friends, before we dive into today's episode, I've got a special invitation for you to join me live and in person for my upcoming masterclass, your three-step visibility engine. In this class, I'm giving you the juicy secrets to my playbook on showing up in front of a bigger audience and how you can create your playbook to use on rinse and repeat. Grab your seat at podcaster.com forward slash masterclass. See you there. Hey, B-Worders. I am super stoked for you guys to get into this conversation today. I have brought on legitimately one of the best in the business. Kate is the heart and soul as her Instagram handle says, and as her wonderful husband, John says, of the one of the biggest podcasts for entrepreneurs, I think in the world, right, Kate? Entrepreneurs on Fire or EO Fire as we like to call it. So thank you, Kate, for joining me today. I'm so excited to be here, Joanne. Thank you for inviting me on. Absolutely. So let's just dive right into the heart of, I think, the juicy stuff that we want to really, really talk about. You and your husband, A, work together, which is a feat in and of itself. I think a lot of marriages really have to walk a fine line when that happens, but you guys run this massive, massive podcast and you're new parents. So walk us through like, how has being a new mom maybe changed or evolved how you're running EO Fire? Yeah. I mean, it has been a, a huge difference, right? Any parent will tell you that having a child kind of changes everything. Um, so the way that we run the business, well, you know what, I'll back up a little bit just because John and I have been running Entrepreneurs on Fire since 2012. So we've been doing this for a long time. Thankfully, we have over those years built the business to very much a lifestyle business. So when the conversation about kids started, we knew that we wanted to have the business in a place where it wasn't going to be a problem that we were going to be raising our child and spending a lot of time with our baby and not feeling like work was pulling us away from that. That was just a personal decision that we made. And so we've worked really hard to get the business to a place where we really aren't in it every single day. I mean, we're certainly, you know, John has his interview days where he's doing seven back-to-back -back interviews. Those are Thursdays. So those are kind of off limits for him. Um, but I've, you know, we've hired this incredible team. Our youngest team member, 
youngest, meaning she's been with us the least amount of time, is celebrating 10 years with us this year. So our team has been well-established and in place. So we're very lucky to have the systems and the structure built in our business to where having a baby, yes, has changed a ton, but with the business, I mean, we are really in a space where like right now, John's with Bo, that's our son's name, Bo. And on Thursdays when he's doing his interviews, Bo is with me. And so we really have it set up to a, a way where it's not really like blowing up our day to be able to jump on a podcast interview or to be able to do something in the business. That is fantastic. Cause I talk to a lot of female entrepreneurs here on the B word and and one of the things I hear a lot from them is, oh, I wasn't prepared. You know, I didn't have the business in the spot that I mm -hmm. thought it was. You know, they, they walk into maternity leave thinking it's where it is. And then they find out while they're on maternity leave that it's not. So the fact that you guys are so seamless with it, I, I think it is something a lot of women probably are going to reach out to you about, quite frankly, because that is a feat in and of itself. I know when my kids came along, it rocked my world. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because you don't know until you're in it, right? It's one of those things where everyone always says like, well, you know, you can tell me all the things about motherhood or you can tell me all the things about running a business, but until my feet are in it, like you're not really going to get it. Right. So it was kind of the same thing as like, I can plan and prepare and do everything possible to make this as seamless as possible, but there's still going to be times when, yeah, like last week I was supposed to be getting our income report stuff ready and I totally dropped the ball and I forgot to ask our CPA for his tax tip and John's asking me for the MP3 and I don't have it. Like, you know, stuff like that happens, but you sometimes you just don't know that it's going to happen and until it happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as the heart of EO Fire, what is your primary role in running the business? Because, you know, a lot of our listeners are in that phase right now where they've got the podcast, but they're beginning to look up and realize, oh my gosh, this thing could actually be the business and not simply enhance the business. And, and you, you mentioned you've got a team and it takes a lot to run, you know, an empire like this. What, what is your primary role? I know John does a lot of the interviews. Mm -hmm. Yep. So if you think of John as like the front facing, uh, you know, outward part of the business, I'm the behind the scenes um, back end part of the business. So I set up our marketing campaigns, all of our email campaigns. I do all of our content. Um, I manage a lot of our team. I do a lot of our community stuff, the videos that we have inside of our online courses. I create those. Um, so really anything behind the scenes, uh, I'm managing in a nutshell. <laughs> and is that how you intended it when you guys started out or has that just naturally evolved over time? A little bit of both. Uh, we were very intentional about that when we joined forces because John launched the podcast. I was still working at a marketing and advertising agency. And within about like three, four months when the podcast really started picking up steam and he was like, oh, okay, wow, this could be something I want to start creating a mastermind. I want to start doing more with it, but I need help. So ask me to quit my job, join them on the team. And I was really hesitant about that because to your point, as you know, a couple at that time, we had, we were like freshly dating, um, <laughs> kind of like wild story that I won't get into too much, but we literally went from, um, not dating to dating long distance to me moving across the country to Maine to move in and live with him. And we did all of that within three, um, four months. Wow. And so our relationship was a very quick start. And 
then shortly thereafter, he's like, quit your job and work with me. So it was a lot, right? And I wasn't sure what that was all going to, what was going to happen as a result of all that. So when I joined the team, I wanted to be very intentional about what my role was because I didn't want to end up coming on and being, you know, like John's secretary. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. not going to book your interviews for you. I'm not going to like chase people down for you. I'm not going to manage your calendar. I don't want to do any of that. If I'm going to be a part of this team, like I love creating content. I love marketing. um, I love community. So there were sort of things that we kind of parameters, I guess you could say that we put on my role that of course there have been times where everybody who's an entrepreneur knows that you go through a a phase and a stage when you do things that you don't necessarily want to do, but you're building a business. So you do it because you want the business. (laughs) And so sure, there have been times when both of us have done things that we probably didn't really feel like doing, but we didn't have a team member to delegate it to or enough money to hire somebody else to do it. Um, But for the most part, yes, the intention was that I would be responsible for those things. I've definitely picked up a lot along the way that I will be very happy to offload at some point to someone else. Um, Like I manage our books. I do all of our, I love doing our income reports. I don't so much love managing our books. Um, I'm the liaison with our CPA, with our legal team, with all of those teams. And that's something that I would love to offload at some point. But again, like in these transition periods, you figure out a way to make it work. Right. Okay, so one of your monetary strategies, and I absolutely, like this is the pie in the sky for most podcasters. How do you monetize the thing, right? That's the question I get asked the most from my audience. And the thought process for most of them is immediately get ad sponsorship, get ad sponsorship, get ad sponsors. And while EO Fire does have sponsors, The other piece of your strategy is you guys actually are in that pinnacle place where if you're going to have a guest on EO Fire, like they're going to pay and they're going to pay several thousand dollars. So how do you get to that point where that part of the strategy can become a real thing in the business? So for us, I think it was twofold. One, for a very long time, I'm talking years, uh, we're getting upwards of like 400 requests to be on the podcast every single month. When you're at that type of volume where you have so many people wanting a spot, it becomes supply and demand, right? We don't have 400 spots a month. We only have 30, sometimes 28, 29, 30, 31, depending on the month. Um, And if we're getting that many requests, then that is an indication that this is a very well sought after spot. Um, perhaps there could be a monetary value put on it. Now, we did not do that right away. Like I said, for years, we were getting way more requests than we were ever able to fulfill for guests being on the podcast. Another thing that kind of, I guess, gave us this idea is that we had a lot of guests reaching out to us and saying, like, you helped me start my business because of being on your podcast. Mm. You know, I got my first five clients or because of being on your podcast, I sold a thousand books. Um, And there was this repeated feedback from guests saying that like the podcast had changed their business. And for that, you know, that was part of the purpose of the platform is to share people's stories, their um, inspiration with other people. But then the flip side of that was people getting this huge monetary gain out of being on the podcast. And so that was another thought that like, 
wait a second, if, you know, people are getting so much out of this, then this is something that we could charge for. I love that concept. And, and I've seen a lot of other podcasters do it. It's just one of those things that, you know, as you head into the world of monetization for your podcast, you can go add sponsors, you can charge for guesting. That sweet spot is when you can do both. My curiosity for you guys is how do you feel about ad sponsors with charging for guesting? Does it still, is it still really in alignment with you? Or is that, what is your tipping point for now we've got too many ad sponsors. We're not given the guest, you know, the full attention because it's just commercial after commercial after commercial. Like how do you balance that as a business? I think that's super important. And I think it's a question that every podcaster should ask themselves. We have so many people come and ask us like, how many sponsors should I have per episode? And the answer is really how many feels good for you. Like this is your podcast. I don't want any more than two sponsors on the podcast. John doesn't want any more than two sponsors on the podcast. And so we've always stuck to that. We've never done more than two pre mid post rolls. We have done three mid rolls and that's the max there two mid rolls and two post rolls as the max. And then we have one guest per episode. So if it wasn't in alignment for us, we absolutely would not be doing it. Otherwise we could be having, you know, we could do like guest commercials and charge people to market their interview on our podcast or something, you know, there's so many other ways that we could be monetizing, but we're not willing to do more than what we're doing right now. And so I think for every podcaster it is a great question to ask yourself, like what feels authentic to you? What feels like too much for you? What's right for your show? It's going to depend on the length of your show too, right? If you only do a five minute podcast episode, having three sponsors, it would be pretty <laughs> Does <overkill>. not work. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of have to take that with it too. If you have a two hour podcast, then, you know, three, four sponsors spread out throughout that episode is not going to be super overwhelming. So for us, what we have right now works for us. Um, but I totally agree with you. I do think that there's absolutely a tipping point where it's like too much. You're going to start losing listeners. People aren't going to want to tune into the show anymore. And that hasn't happened. We are very much fans of listening to our audience. And to the best of my knowledge, no one has ever emailed us and said, your podcast is annoying because you have too many ad sponsors. There would be that one Karen that would do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about networks for a minute because the concept of podcasting networks really came to light for me when I saw EO Fire join the HubSpot network. And I believe you're also with Yap Media now. That decision in the business, how did y'all come to that decision? And what is you? what have you seen as a result? So Yap Media is a, a sponsor broker who has brought us sponsors. We have not joined a network with Yap Media. Mm, okay. um, we're only a part of the HubSpot podcast network. And that was so in alignment for us. When they came to us with that offer, we've had a lot of people reach out about becoming a part of a podcast network. And a lot of times people are creating networks because they can lump shows together and get bigger ad dollars for it. So mm -hmm. as just kind of like a baseline, like what's the point of a network? I'm not saying every network is like that, but a lot of networks operate that way. They are. want more shows yeah, so they that are. they have more downloads together so that they can sell more ad spots. The HubSpot podcast network came at it from a totally different angle. They are, they do not, um, 
I guess, buy out any other sponsorship ad dollars. They have no interest in trying to take over your content or tell you what you can or can't publish on your podcast. So the deal that they offered was in alignment for us because it was so much of like a give and take. They are getting mm. a lot from us and we're also getting a lot from them. They have so many incredible programs where they do guest swaps with other podcast hosts in the network. You promote other podcasts in the network on your podcast and in turn your podcast gets promoted on other podcasts in the network. Mm -hmm. They don't um, manage our inventory. They've never tried to take over our content in any way, shape or form. So that was really attractive to us that we had full editorial and, uh, you know, control over the podcast. And the different types of support that they provide in terms of like they do um, classes once a month with like ex experts on different strategies and stuff. They have a um, Slack channel where other hosts are always communicating about what's working for them, what's not working for them. They have deals with different companies to where you can get like discounts for podcasting stuff. So they really have created um, something really special in terms of a network versus other things, other networks that I've seen put together. And so that was really the draw for dollars. us. Yeah. Yeah. It was just such a win-win. It wasn't about like selling ad spots. It was about, um, a reciprocal like value exchange. So even when you are at a really high spot with ratings and rankings and downloads, joining the network kind of gave you that avenue, I guess, to even go further up and continue to expand your reach. Is that what I'm hearing from you? Absolutely. Yeah. They have helped us grow the show big time. And I really think that so much of that, and I think that this is so smart for any podcaster, you don't have to be a part of a network to do this. You just need to have a network of other mm -hmm. podcasters that you're connected with, that you've built relationships with is that, uh, those ad spots that we have on other podcasts where other hosts talk about our show. We've had so many people tell us that that's how they learned about our show is because they were listening to, you know, X, Y, and Z podcasts and the host was talking about our show and that's how yeah. they found out about it. So you, any podcaster can do that. You don't have to be a part of a network to reach out to other podcasts Absolutely. and say, would you like to do a swap? <laughs> and I think that that's a great strategy. I love that so much. All right. So as we wind this down a little bit, what is in store next for EO Fire and Kate and John? Um, what does the rest of 2024 look like? What do you guys see in the industry? What are you excited about? I mean, I'm really excited just for the opportunity that still exists for podcasting. Like everybody thought that this was just going to fizzle and that podcasting wasn't going to be a thing and podcasting never was a thing. And I remember when we first started the podcast and people asked us what we did, it was a pretty long process to try to explain to somebody what exactly is that it was that we did. And yeah. now when you say we have a podcast, people are like, oh, that's awesome. What's it called? Like, I'll tune into it. You know, you don't have to go on this long explanation of like what a podcast even is anymore. So I'm very excited for how podcasting is growing and how I, like I've heard, you know, a lot of people say that podcasting has already hit its peak and it's on its way down and it's not going to be so popular and people aren't going to listen. And I do not believe that to be true. I think that podcasting is in an amazing place right now. And that, and that is what fires me up about like our business and where we're at, because I know that there's still so much more room to grow and that's exciting. Um, that means, you know, more listeners impacted, more people inspired, more people getting into podcasting that can share their voice and their message and their mission with the world. And I think that that is 
it's so cool to see like new people learning about podcasting and saying, oh my gosh, I know that I have a message to share. I know that I can impact people and being excited about starting that. Um, for us, 2024, you know, this is the, our first full year with a child. Our baby boy <laughs> was just born in November. So we are very full on in parenthood right now um, by absolute choice. I mean, we're loving spending time with him and every single day is something different and something new and it's so exciting. And it's a, a new chapter for us. You know, the business is definitely still a priority for us and it's very important to us. But number one priority is spending time with our son and, you know, getting this whole parenthood thing under our belt. <laughs> That's awesome. So is Kate's take going to come back for another season? Uh, I would love to bring Kate's take back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. It will be coming back. I don't know what the next season is going to be. So if you have any recommendations, then I'm all ears, but I would love to bring it back. I don't have an exact date for that yet, though. Awesome. All right, Kate, thank you so much for being here on this little quick shorty interview. I know that our listeners got a lot from it. You guys remember, if you tuned in, now take some action, get some profit going, and I will see you same time, same place next week. You just finished another episode of the B Word Podcast. Cheers to you. If I were with you, I would literally pop a big old bottle of Prosecco and pour you a glass. Since I'm not, why don't you do the next best thing and share this episode with one of your besties? Because we all know you've got that one girlfriend that needs to hear it. Thanks, friends.